So when we asked our uh, B2B marketing decision makers which delivery channels were most effective, just in case you were wondering if advertising is only good for awareness, more B2B marketers told us that their most effective channel during uh, generating inquiries or nurture or buyer qualification stages, more of those B2B marketers said advertising, social media advertising, online advertising, or digital display advertising were their most effective channel. And that's when you compare that to other more traditional B2B channels, things like content syndication, email, or teleservices. In fact, almost two to one. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenau. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the B2B MX podcast. We kicked off the new year with a great episode presented by Mason Cosby of Gravity Global last week. And we're just going to keep that momentum going with another replay from our 2022 B2B sales and marketing exchange. That's right. Today's episode is all about B2B advertising, which happens to be one of my favorite topics. This keynote was presented by John Arnold, a principal analyst at Forrester, and he uncovered the challenges facing ABM advertising specifically and the key strategies B2B marketers can use to overcome them. Yeah, account-based advertising is a feature in almost every ABM platform, but its future is now kind of threatened by the loss of third-party cookies, high costs, and the inability to demonstrate value. So we thought this would be a perfect replay for you guys to better assess your advertising strategies in 2023. And John will showcase how B2B buyers respond to ads and which ad approaches work best. Plus, he shares the five key components of successful B2B advertising for the next few years. So without further ado, let's roll that tape in three, two, I want to start off by telling you a little bit of a story. I have a friend named Charles and he's a CMO and Charles went to work for a startup. He decided to go work for a very small company, about 20 people and uh, hadn't talked to him in a while. And I saw him recently and said, Hey Charles, you know, how many people on the marketing team? And he said, 147. I said, wow, that's a lot. You know, you started out at 20 people in the whole company. And I thought you only had about 140 people in the whole company or 150 people in the whole company. And uh, he said, yeah, 147 people in the whole company, they all think they're on the marketing team. <laughs> so that's kind of how opinions work around here. Everybody's got one. I'm sure you've heard a lot at the conference today. I've got some of my own, hopefully backed by some facts uh, that we do research around. Uh, my name's John Arnold. I cover advertising, digital marketing, and um, ABM for Forrester on the B2B side of the house. So today we're gonna learn a little bit about advertising and hopefully send you drinking uh, with some great ideas that you can bring back to your desk and uh, bring back to your company. So our story here today begins at home and at work. Anywhere work is the new normal, Forrester predicts that about 60% of businesses are going to embrace a hybrid work model for their future. Um, only about 30% of companies are going to be fully in the office and about 10% are going to be fully remote. So what does that mean for digital audiences? Well, a lot of buyers are online spending their time with media. That media time has increased a little bit. It's not a huge increase though. Buyers have, becoming, have been becoming more digital 
over the last couple of years, 55% of buyer interactions are now self-guided, and that's up from 50% over the last two years. So it's kind of a slow evolution of digital um, time spent from B2B buyers. But we believe that this anywhere work model is going to accelerate the pace of digital buying and the amount of time that B2B buyers are spending with media. So how much time are B2B buyers spending with media? Well, about half of the buyers in our most recent B2B advertising survey said that they spend about four hours per week keeping up with business topics and trends online. Um, about 41% of buyers said that they spend the same amount of time, about four hours per week, keeping up with vendors when they're in a buying cycle, learning about vendors, vendor education with the media. But when it comes to VP and uh, functional leaders, so those are those decision makers that we really want to reach in the ecosystem, 30% um, of those more senior roles said that they spend up to seven hours per week keeping up with digital trends, and they're twice as likely to spend more than 10 hours per week. And when it comes to being in a buying cycle, um, those buyers say that they're even more likely to uh, be involved for four hours. 71% actually said that they were, would be involved for four hours or more uh, on vendor education. So what does this all mean? Well, B2B marketers would be wise to consider the opportunity here. It's an opportunity to be in front of these digital buyers while they're spending their media time. And that's sort of the superpower of digital advertising is the ability to be in front of those eyeballs wherever and whenever people are spending their digital time. So a lot of marketers are asking, is this a new era? Is this a new digital trend? Or is this something that's going to be sustainable? Well, um, you would think with all of this focus on digital and all of this focus on media time that advertising would be having a, a lot to do with the marketing uh, strategy and that it's coming into its own and it's having a banner year and, and that's exactly what is happening. So digital advertising is surging in B2B. A lot of vendors and um, publishers had record years for revenue with digital advertising and 58% uh, of B2B buyers uh, or B2B decision makers, rather, uh, say that they're going to be increasing their paid media spending this year, and only 9% are going to be decreasing. And that's an increase from 50% and 13% when we asked in 2019. So that's on the upswing. And that continues actually a two-year trend in increases in digital media spend, so uh, in both the percentage of the marketing budget and the total amount spent on digital media. So digital media is hot right now. B2B advertising is a super hot topic. We talk about it all the time at Forrester with our clients. So where is all this money going and who is helping to expand this marketplace? Well, the market for digital advertising solutions is growing really rapidly as well. So you see uh, sort of some things converging here. You've got the ABM vendors that have their advertising solutions embedded. There are some advertising solutions that have a B2B play where they were sort of B2C before and now they have a B2B play. And there's some agency platforms that are very B2B that are uh, emerging and, and becoming more prominent in the B2B world. And the story here in the, in the most recent Forrester wave, so this is our uh, most recent wave on B2B advertising solutions just came out this week. And we analyzed and, and evaluated 14 vendors in this space. And the story here is that B2B advertising is um, you're going to need multiple solutions. 
And most organizations have different buying motions and selling motions within them. So you have everything from B2B enterprise, where you're advertising to buying groups in enterprise selling motions. You've got B2B e-commerce. You've got B2B to C. You've got B2B to SMB, where you're advertising to small business owners. Um, there's advertisers advertising to e-commerce buyers. So all of that is B2B. And all of these vendors are sort of different ways to think about those selling motions and different ways to advertise to them. And all of these vendors' clients and the vendors themselves are telling us that advertising is highly effective and it's really working and that's why their revenue has been growing and that's why these uh, B2B buyers have been spending all this money. So we asked our clients, is this true? Is this happening? Is, is advertising actually working? And the answer is yes, it certainly is. So when we asked our uh, B2B marketing decision makers which delivery channels were most effective, just in case you were wondering if advertising is only good for awareness, more B2B marketers told us that their most effective channel during uh, generating inquiries or nurture or buyer qualification stages more of those B2B marketers said advertising, social media advertising, online advertising, or digital display advertising were their most effective channel. And that's when you compare that to other more traditional B2B channels, things like content syndication, email, or teleservices. In fact, almost two to one. So it's effective, it's working, everything seems to be great. Right? So this is a great business case for B2B advertising at your organization, but we have to look at this business case in light of the economy, in light of the things that are going on in the ecosystem right now. Is this sustainable? Is this banner year for digital media in B2B going to be sustainable? Well, it all depends on whether we're able to get through these turbulent times that I'm about to talk about. So this is where our story kind of takes a turn for the worse. It's been a great year. If you've been in charge of advertising, you've had good things happening, um, but that's about to get some headwinds. So rising costs are a concern, inflation is back in the headlines, and uh, is there going to be a recession? Well, I'm not an economist, but I will tell you that I think advertising costs are going to increase. And that's concerning, but not because the effectiveness of advertising changes when costs increase, but because it's so easy to cut the advertising budget. So when the economy gets bad, advertising is a lot of times the first thing to get cut. The good news there is if you're running advertising, it's, it's something you can control, right? So if all of your competitors, if you've been doing well at, at advertising, if it's working for you, and if all your competitors cut it off and you keep it going, then that's an advantage that you can easily achieve. But if your company is pressuring you to cut the costs, um, you're gonna have to find a different strategy uh, to justify those expenses. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit later in the back half of this presentation. But these rising costs are something that B2B has been able to justify pretty well because the rising cost of advertising when it comes to B2B audiences, B2B audiences are smaller, they're harder to reach, they're much more valuable than consumer audiences because they spend more money. So we've been able to justify sort of higher expenses on, the, on those advertising budgets. Um, but that could be eroding as well. And so the first thing we have to look at is how do we identify and how do we reach these audiences is, and is that changing? And it certainly is. So our latest um, B2B advertising survey also revealed that only 18% of B2B buyers right now are using a desktop or laptop computer connected to the internet through a VPN. And if you're not familiar, uh, connections through a VPN is one of the ways that vendors uh, are able to tie browser activity to firmographic information like the place where somebody works. So we're able to target you know, business audiences that way, that's one of the ways. And uh, so what does this mean 
for the ABM vendors and the, and the advertising solutions. Well, they're okay for now. They have cookie pools. They have the database set up. They, they're still tracking uh, VPNs. They have machine learning to identify audiences. They have uh, data supply that gives them roles and, and, and all kinds of target information. And that's working for now. But it's also eroding. So you want to definitely talk to your vendors about this and, and see if they have a strategy. Some of them have a great strategy for this. They're ahead of the game. They're thinking about better ways to identify B2B audiences. Um, and some of them are just catching up and they need a strategy. So talk to your vendors about this. This is an important one. But even if we can figure out better ways to target and identify B2B audiences and reach them in the digital ecosystem, there's still one lingering issue that's going to need constant attention. And that issue is privacy. Buyers are going to want more privacy. They're going to want more privacy on their terms. And they're going to want privacy while still wanting relevance. And that's a careful balance. And it's really hard to achieve. It's sort of like B2B buyers want us to know them. And they want us to give this, them these personal experiences. But they want us to do it blindfolded. Only about 12% of people agree that it's OK for companies to track their activities online in order to send them more relevant ads. So we've got our work cut out for us. They don't really want us to track them. But if you ask B2B buyers or, or people to say, you know, do you want to just pay for the content so that you don't have to see ads and you don't have to be tracked, only 52% say that they would rather see ads, or 52% say they'd rather see ads than, see, um, than have to pay for their online content. So there's a split there. They don't really want to pay for it. Um, and 67% of B2B buyers say that they want more relevant ads. So this is really difficult. You have to know your buyers. And it's one of the reasons to have a good data strategy. You need to have insights about your buyers. You need to know what their preferences are so that you can target them and advertise to them um, in ways that make them happy. It's relevance. But also, uh, you have to preserve their privacy. But you still have to know them in order to do that. That's really difficult. So a couple of more headwinds before we get into uh, some of the strategies that, that surround this. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about some curves in the road that are coming, and some hazards, and a few, a few possible road closures as well. So for B2B advertising in the future, you know, we've got some curves in the road. These are things that we can navigate. They're just hard, harder, make things harder. But we can do this. This is stuff we can control. So the first one is widening skill gaps and talent pools. So as all of this privacy information and the new technology is emerging and data and all of the different um, ways that you can reach audiences uh, get more sophisticated, those talent pools and those skill gaps are, are widening, uh, especially at agencies. So agencies are sort of uh, coming out with a lot of B2B uh, components as well. So we had um, Havas announced a new B2B division. Merkel has had a B2B division for a long time. Uh, Doremus is a B2B organization that has media involved. So there's a lot of uh, B2C or, or holding company agencies announcing B2B divisions. Uh, and they're attracting this talent. And so it's harder for us, especially if you're bringing things in-house, to get that talent in-house. Uh, so just watch out for that. You're going to have to interview for some of these advertising skills and make sure that you can get the best and the brightest. 
Fragmented audiences in tech are really a, a challenge as well. So audiences, because of walled gardens, are very fragmented. Uh, if you, for example, try to match an advertising audience on LinkedIn and then you take that same audience and give it to Facebook or Meta, uh, you're going to get different match rates. They're different audiences. It's really hard to connect those audiences together in your measurement and in your planning. So those fragmented audiences are going to be really tough to navigate. But it just makes things more complicated. It's just a curve in the road. It's something to be aware of. Um, when you get over to these hazards, though, it starts to get a little bit more serious. These are things that can really trip us up or cause our strategy to fail. Uh, and those are things like function and technology overlap. So brand and demand is the biggest one. You have the brand side of the house, the communications Marcom team, and the demand side of the house, and they're both doing some advertising, and there's some overlap there, and you're trying to figure out you know, if the brand advertising is supposed to be generating pipeline and revenue, and if the demand advertising is supposed to do a little bit of brand, because every brand impression or every advertising impression makes a brand impression. And uh, you have digital marketing sometimes overlapping with other parts of the marketing organization, maybe field marketing or maybe de demand marketing in some B2B organizations. You also have the ABM function and the demand function sort of overlapping in B2B. So where does advertising fit into that? And how much advertising are you doing? And who, who owns this is a really important thing that needs to get sorted out. Second hazard is brand, brand adjacency and integrity. So uh, because there's so much emotion in the content that we see online today, uh, and this is especially true for B2B advertisers that are looking to scale and looking to reach more of their audiences in, in different contexts, what happens is the potential when you leave the safety of the business internet, the potential to advertise uh, next to some very emotionally charged content goes up. And you want to be careful that you're not advertising in a way that's going to connect you to something that maybe your audience isn't going to agree with, uh, and it's going to erode your brand. And then there's some, there's some potential roadblocks here. So these are things that could really shut us down uh, in the advertising world. And those are things like data deprecation. So at Forrester, data deprecation isn't just the cookie apocalypse. So I don't know if you read in the news recently here, Google kicked the cookie ap apocalypse down the road another year. So it's now 2024. Um, but that's not really the whole story. That's just Chrome and the whole Google atmosphere. But we have Apple and Safari is already well down the road of de uh, deprecating data. Uh, in fact, there's a rumor that uh, Apple might be building their own DSP so that you can advertise in the Apple ecosystem that way. And there's another walled garden that we're all going to have to deal with. Um, but that data deprecation is really four things. It's the browser and operating system restrictions, so the things that Google and Apple and others are doing. Um, but it's also privacy regulations. That's limiting our ability to process and, and collect data. We also have the walled gardens uh, that I mentioned before. Uh, and then there's consumer preferences. Consumers are much more aware of their privacy and their privacy settings. They're using ad blockers, and they're trying to interrupt the flow of that advertising. So data deprecation is a big issue. We're watching it very closely. Um, it could mean that we're going to have a lot of trouble reaching individuals um, anywhere that they spend their media time. And we're going to have to rely more on content marketing and context. Um, but that hasn't happened yet, but we're watching it really closely. And then the last one is uh, broken measurement constructs. So I'm going to talk a lot about this in the strategy uh, portion of this presentation. And uh, broken measurement constructs is something that B2B is struggling with. So is B2C. Um, everybody who's doing advertising uh, struggles with measurement to some degree. And it's really a broken system that needs to be fixed. If you're not able to fix your measurement construct, you're not able to justify your advertising. And if you're not able to justify your advertising, you're not going to have an advertising budget or an advertising team.
Hey marketers, you've heard us talking all about it and now it's finally happening. The B2B Marketing Exchange is coming back to Scottsdale in 2023 and we wanna see you there in person. If you're a fan of the B2B conversations we share on the B2BMX podcast, this event is literally made for you. Get a front row seat at sessions that will challenge everything you know about marketing, sales, ABM, go-to-market strategy, and so much more. Plus, you'll get a chance to mingle and network with the best of the best in B2B. As a B2BMX podcast listener, you'll get 25% off your ticket by using the code PODCAST25 at registration. Check out the show notes for more information or head to b2bmarketing.exchange to register now. All right, so who's going to solve for all this? Actually, the organization that owns advertising in most B2B companies is an issue in and of itself. So when you look across all of the B2B organizations that we talk to at Forrester, there's a variety of ownership um, across these organizations. And even within the same company, there's a variety of media teams. And it's strange because when you add up all of the advertising that's happening at a B2B company uh, or in a B2B organization within a B2C company, it's actually a significant portion of the marketing budget. It ranges from you know, about 11% of the marketing budget and in the marketing programs budget or the demand programs budget, it can be up to 25%. In the ABM budget, it's 30 to 35% in a lot of organizations. So paid media is a significant portion of the budget and yet, Nobody owns it or it's fragmented or you have sort of a lot of agencies or everybody has their own LinkedIn advertising account and their own Google advertising account and their own technology. Um, There's maybe a bunch of fragmented siloed tactical advertising going on. It may be owned by the demand center. It may be owned by the ABM team or all of the above. So whoever owns this in your organization, um, two things. Number one is, if you own this in your organization, what a great opportunity for you to look across the organization and say, who's running paid media? How are we doing paid media governance? And who's on top of all these dollars? And is this a system that's actually working? And a lot of organizations are elevating this conversation um, even to the C-suite because um, of COVID, everything was under the microscope and they're saying, wow, the paid media is a pretty um, significant portion of our spend. We don't really have the right organizational structure. Let's pull that together. So if that's you, uh, these headwinds are something that you're going to want to have to uh, navigate and pull together. Uh, If you see an opportunity here for you to take this and run with it at your organization, um, just know that that's going to be a big job. It's going to require a new strategy. So that new strategy looks like this to us at Forrester. So there are four components to the future of success with B2B advertising, sustaining the success that advertising has had in B2B for the last year or so. Um, And underneath a great campaign strategy and an advertising strategy, these four components are digital audience savvy, brand and demand interlock, evolved measurement and testing, and creative excellence. And that's all wrapped in courage because it's gonna be a lot of change in most B2B organizations to take this big step. So I'm gonna talk through uh, the four of these and uh, leave you with some ideas for some of the advertising campaigns that you might want to run. um, And then we're gonna go have some drinks together. So number one, digital audience savvy. So I mentioned this before, 55% of buyer interactions are now self-guided. And uh, what that means is that you want to make sure your always-on tactics are there. And advertising is a great always-on tactic, always in front of those eyeballs whenever they're spending their digital time. 
Where are they spending that digital time? Well, this is the list of the top 10 B2B buyer mediums and channels always or often used to keep up with business topics and trends. So when those business buyers are out there keeping up with their business topics and trends, 60% of them said that they always or often use Google search or LinkedIn to keep up with those business topics and trends. So there's your top two. If you're not advertising on LinkedIn or in Google search, um, definitely those are the top two. Vendor websites and analyst websites and content are three and four. And while those aren't media channels, strictly speaking, um, B2B marketers, if you're trying to figure out what content to advertise or to promote to your audience, those are great ones to think about. And it's also important to note that vendor websites are one of the ways that B2B buyers keep up with business topics and trends, not just investigating your solution, but actually looking for trends. Email sent from vendors is number five, and did you know you can put advertising in emails, not just your own emails, but in publishers' emails? So if you haven't been doing that, that's an additional channel that you can expand into. Reviews and ratings websites, um, B2B buyers love those. And especially at the end of the buying cycle when you know, they're evaluating solutions and uh, they're looking at the ratings and reviews. Podcasts are growing in popularity with B2B marketers, and there's some interesting new ways to reach B2B audiences through podcasts with uh, identity resolution. And uh, YouTube, webcasts, and Twitter round out the, the bottom uh, three there, or the last three there, uh, eight, nine, and 10. There's a big publisher uh, social media channel that's not on this list, if you're wondering where they are. Meta didn't make the top 10. Meta actually ranks just below LinkedIn on frequency of use. So 44% of B2B buyers say they use it once per day or more. But when it comes to keeping up with business topics and trends, they rank 13th overall. So they're pretty close to the list, but it's because of that business topics and trends list. Um, lots of B2B companies advertise on Meta, though, and it works really well for them because of direct audience matching. So if you can match your audience there, um, you can find those buyers. Buyers, uh, B2B advertisers, though, you're going to have to have an, a, a comprehensive audience strategy. And that's going to include breaking out of the known world that typically B2B marketers work inside of. So you're used to the, the marketing automation platform world, the CRM world, the known universe. And that's because of a close tie to sales, right? Sales needs contacts to do their job. But marketers really don't need contacts to do our job, right? We're aligned with sales and trying to get them the contacts they need. But we have to expand into the anonymous world. And marketers are going to have to get a lot more comfortable with anonymity and take those known audiences and expand them into lookalike audiences and recognize that there are a lot of anonymous, unknown interactions out there that are good prospects for us. We just don't know who they are. And there's great ways to reach those buyers, even though we don't know who they are. And marketers are over-rotated, B2B marketers are over-rotated on not wasting any money. They don't want to waste anything. They want to know that their advertising impressions are being served to the VP of marketing at this company, and that's the only way we're going to spend that money. Um, but that world is eroding, and that world is very limited. So if you can embrace anonymity and embrace anonymous data, there are some great vendors who are doing things with uh, content, natural language processing, analyzing uh, pages of, of content on the, on the web, not only to tell you about topics that people are interested, not only to calculate intent, but also to identify the roles and those buyers. So if you can leverage that technology, you can use that unknown data, and you can be pretty sure that you're advertising to high value audiences. Good news here, too. Um, a lot of people think that B2B trails B2C. But in this particular case, with the use of anonymous data, and I would say in general, audience data, 
B2B marketers tend to be a little bit more advanced with using audience data. Um, and when it comes to anonymous data, B2B audiences or, or B2B marketers are actually using it more. So 24% of B2B marketers say that they're um, implementing and currently expanding the use of anonymous data compared to only 19% for B2C. So good job, B2B. We're better at that than B2C right now. Um, the second pillar of our strategy is brand and demand interlock. So what's, what's going on here? Well, in this two by two that you see on the right, what we really want to develop in our buying group audiences is strong favoritism. And in that upper right box, um, if you just want to think of the number 27%, 27% of B2B purchase influencers say that they often know what they intend to purchase before they begin exploring solutions from providers. So even though it's important to monitor intent data and have intent data be a center of your strategy and, and when to advertise, um, what you really want is that strong favoritism. You want to be vendor of choice before the intent signals emerge. So what's that? Well, that's brand and demand interlock. Some brand advertising before the buying signals emerge, some demand advertising after the buying signals emerge, and some mix of that throughout the entire cycle. Otherwise, what you're going to have is either buyers that are totally unaware or buyers that hesitate, but they love you. So that's what happens when you go to talk to sales and you say, why did you lose that deal? They say, I don't know, but they loved us. They, they told us the whole time that we were amazing and they were so glad they found us, but they bought from somebody else. Why did that happen? Adoring hesitation. They trusted your brand, but they didn't trust your solution. Or you'll have a lot of skeptical buyers. So that's what we call motivated skepticism. They have a need, we can solve it. They seem really motivated but they didn't buy from you. Why didn't they buy from you? Because they were skeptical, they didn't trust the brand. So brand and demand interlock is super important and the, the, the numbers back it up. It's important to buyers as well. You should definitely have reputation goals as a part of your B2B strategy. So 90% uh, of B2B decision makers say that they have become aware of a company or a solution they hadn't heard of before through advertising. Okay, so we already knew that, right? Advertising is great for awareness. But 70% say that they developed a stronger preference for a particular company or a solution. So if you can do advertising right and you can get them to develop that preference, you're gonna be vendor of choice, you're gonna be on the short list um, even when there's intent data that you're monitoring. It's not such a feeding frenzy when you're advertising and, and bidding against your competitors. All right, so which advertising approach works with this brand and demand interlock? It's really three words, relevance, relevance, relevance. You want to be relevant, and remember, this is really hard because we've got all these buyers that don't want to be tracked. Um, but we put these in some categories for you based on our data. So um, generally to be avoided or not preferred. Uh, buyers say, you know, ads that aren't related to my interest in any way, don't, don't send me those. Makes a lot of sense, right? Nobody likes irrelevant ads. We already knew that. But how about this? Uh, generally welcomed or preferred. So ads about your company uh, when they're considering doing business with you. So those are generally welcomed ads uh, about a company I haven't heard of, but it matches my interests. So if you can get that interest data and you can understand your audience's interests, um, they, they want your ads, they think that's okay. Uh, ads about a relevant business solution during a buying cycle. Now this is where things get crazy and they kind of split in the data. So if you ask B2B buyers whether they wanna see ads outside of business contexts, we had a little pool at Forrester because half of us thought that business buyers, when they're in a buying cycle, they want all the business ads. And half of them said, nope, personal time, I wanna see personal ads. 
And actually, that's what the data showed. So we had a split. About 50% of buyers said, I want business ads during my personal time. 50% said, I want personal ads during my personal time. So you have to know your buyers really well. Same thing with buying cycles. When B2B buyers are in a buying cycle, they tend to want to see those business solution ads. When they're not in a buying cycle, they tend to not want to see those, but it's a split. It's 50-50. So all of this to say, know your buyers really, really well. Don't just trust the research or the data that you see uh, the, the analyst firm's doing, but really interview your buyers and see who wants ads when. All right, number three pillar in our strategy is evolved measurement and testing. So B2B advertising measurement is really broken. It's also pretty broken in B2C, but especially in B2B, it really needs to be overhauled. So traditional digital advertising measurement is kind of a race to the bottom. It looks at the number of impressions, the number of clicks, the number of visits, and the number of conversions. You apply your costs to that. You look at the number and the ratio, your click-through rates and all of that, uh, and then you try to get the costs as low as you possibly can, right? You want the lowest cost per click. And agencies love to give you a, a report that shows the traffic going up and the costs going down, right? Well, that's really a race to the bottom that ignores some things like the efficacy of the audience or the value of the audience or the reach or the scale that you're achieving. Uh, so this really needs to be completely overhauled. And the other thing that this measurement construct doesn't address is what's really going on when you're advertising to buyers. When you advertise to people, they don't click on the ads. In fact, our research shows that the top three um, reactions to advertising are not clicks at all. So when we asked B2B decision makers what actions they had taken in response to advertising in the last six months, the top three were not clicks. So the first one was they used a search engine to research the company or the solution or the topic featured in the ad. That was 91% of responses. Visited the advertised website without clicking on the ad was number two, and shared the main message from the advertising with colleagues who might be interested. And then they start clicking. So clicked on a link, clicked on a search ad, clicked on a display ad. But this study also revealed some other actions related to advertising, like responding to an email from the company that was featured in the ad. Or they took the action being advertised without being clicked, like registering for a webinar. Or they contacted the web advertiser's sales rep without clicking on the ad. So another important thing to think about when uh, the economy gets bad or inflation starts to rise or costs look unjustifiable because you're measuring everything off of clicks and cost per click and cost per conversion, if you cut the advertising budget because of those costs, you're eliminating number one, number two, number three, number seven, you know, number eight, and number 10 on this list, things that really impact your business. Uh, and the advertising is responsible for that, but you're not tracking it with clicks. You need another model to track that. So some B2B marketers or advertisers look to B2C to solve this problem, because B2C has figured out that you know, clicks aren't the only way to measure, and they've been doing things like recall or message, message association, favorability, purchase intent, incrementality. These are B2C concepts in measurement. And they're trying to bring those over to B2B. And maybe you should. I think those are good metrics, and they tell a lot of the story of advertising effectiveness. But there's a B2B evolution happening in measurement with advertising of our own. And these are things that B2C can learn from us. So on the left side of this, you have your you know, optimization approach, the kind of old school way to think about it. Um, the new approach that we call maximization really looks at increasing efficacy. So getting in front of the right audience. 
Uh, and that means, you know, for example, if you're using an ABM platform, you know, those ABM platforms, the promise of those platforms is that they're going to put your ads in front of an audience that you know is, is going to buy from you. And they're not going to waste your money on a, on a bunch of people that can never buy from you or aren't good prospects, right? So that's audience efficacy. And you should be willing to pay more for that. Not too much more, because if there's some waste, but you're still reaching the audience, and that's cheaper than you know, the precision targeting, then okay. But you definitely want that efficacy, and you want to be able to track that efficacy. Amplitude means how much reach are you having? Are you reaching your entire audience? Are you able to reach out and give them enough impressions? And are you able to influence that audience? So reach over influence is amplitude. And then value. Are you getting the value that you want for those ads? And not value in terms of leads or pipeline necessarily, but there are brand metrics as well. Are you getting more awareness? Are you getting a better perception? Are you getting more preference for your brand? All right, then the fourth pillar is creative excellence. And when I say creative excellence, I don't mean designing the ads. I mean creative concepts that engage buyers and really bring home your brand promise in a visual way or a creative way. Uh, this year's Can Lion event, uh, there was a B2B Creative Lions division. How cool is that? Uh, if you're not familiar with Can Lion, go and Google that. It's a very prestigious award for the advertising and creative industry. And uh, B2B had a category this year for the first time ever. So B2B is hot. B2B is a great topic. Um, and advertisers and marketers, you should be uh, paying attention to this trend because creative is really getting a spotlight right now. And in case you were wondering if creative excellence or brand can be tied to pipeline and revenue, 28% of purchase influencers say that brand reputation was the primary reason they selected their vendor for a technology purchase. So if brand's not important to you now, it should be because you know almost a third of those buyers are saying that brand is important. So keep your brand awareness, your per perception, your preference top of mind uh, across these high value audiences. And I want to leave you with some ads that I've seen, and I kind of nerd out on this a little bit and take screenshots of ads when I see things that I like or they demonstrate something that's an example. So these aren't case studies. Uh, they're just examples that I pulled from publicly displayed ad campaigns. I like them, but don't take my word for it. The way to do this is to talk to your customers about what they like, right? Don't get in a room in your company and plan an ad campaign without talking to any customers or showing it to any customers. Um, agencies have you know, focus groups and they have methodologies for that. Um, you gotta have that creative mindset and that customer voice in the room. But I wanna leave you with these because as you're out there drinking, you can think about, well, what can I do with advertising when I get back home? So Salesforce, the new frontier is right here. You know, Matthew McConaughey is in a B2B ad. How cool is that, right? So there's uh, you know, some star, star, stardom in here, I guess. Um, and uh, the new frontier, it ain't up there. It's not even really about Salesforce's business. Uh, it's really about some of the charitable things that they're doing. So uh, that was just a great one to see a, a big celebrity like that in a B2B ad. That's the only reason I like that one. Um, this one's really great, though, and, and a lot of these examples are from COVID, by the way, because uh, the creativity really came out during COVID, I think, in, in the advertising world. So I'll explain some of these, and maybe it'll spark some ideas for what you can do going forward. So Comcast Business ran these ads, and I thought they were really great. It's called Bounce Forward Together. And uh, you see at the top, there's some, there were some LinkedIn ads. It was very cross-functional uh, or uh, cross-channel advertising. Uh, there were some videos, there were some uh, television ads, there's some promoted posts and some content. And the concept here, the creative concept was, your office is empty, 
So yeah, that's a bummer, but it's also an opportunity. Let us come in there. Our, our uh, employees are out in their vans and they're wearing masks and everything. They're gonna come into your office. They're gonna transform your um, Comcast business solution. And when you get back to the office, which is coming really soon, you're gonna bounce forward. You're gonna be ahead of the competition. So great creative concept, taking advantage of the times. Um, and they had some great visuals in there, like the empty dark office, but they also had some great uh, visuals of people driving around in vans and they were still there for you. Uh, Cisco, the bridge to possible, I really liked this one as well. Uh, during COVID, of course, we were all stuck in front of our screens to do meetings and all of that. And they decided to run ads that showed people celebrating. And it didn't seem like it was a time to celebrate, but to Cisco, they said, you know what, we're gonna make the best of this situation. And they showed some nurses you know, dancing uh, with their masks on. They showed um, people playing the cello and practicing you know, their, their hobbies, um, people working from home with meetings. And then in the middle of the ad campaign, the screen went black for just about 15 seconds. And it was really uncomfortable. And they said, well, what if you're cut off from all of this? We're bringing this to life and we're letting you connect with people at work and people at home and all these different people. And then they showed birthdays and kids dancing and all of that. So great creative concept, lots of emotion, very emotive campaign. Um, and it really brought to light you know, that Cisco has, has a fun attitude and they're trying to lighten the mood a little bit. Philips Healthcare did some great stuff during COVID. Um, they had these big, bold words in their ad campaigns. So things like humanity, we're all in this together. We wanna make things better. There's hope and this is about everyone. So big, bold words, lots of visual imagery. And these were rotated with demand advertising. So talk about brand and demand interlock. You know, they had the brand advertising running and then right after that they were talking about the brand new CAT scan machine that is kid friendly and it makes them feel comfortable um, while they're going in and they have to wear masks and they're really uncomfortable anyway, but now it's COVID and it's really tough. Um, we're all in this together and back to the hope and the humanity and making life better. And the last one I'll show you, this is American Express, uh, always does a, a great job, knockdown job with, with small business, right? So marketing to small business owners, um, they have all of these different programs around small business, shop small, built to last, and all in the name of selling corporate cards to small business owners. Um, great rotation of their brand and demand interlock. You see a really uh, great audience savvy here. They know their audience really, really well. Um, their measurement, of course, is really top notch as well. Uh, so lots of great things from, from our strategy in here. But uh, the great thing about American Express's campaign, and this has been a very long-running campaign, is that they didn't have to change anything for COVID, right? It's such a great brand that when COVID happened, small businesses were already on everybody's mind, and this just intensified the whole thing because people still wanted to s support those small businesses that were going out of business or they were struggling. There were you know, waiters and waitresses that were struggling because the people weren't going out to eat. And all of this just kind of reinforced that uh, American Express has a great brand around that. All right, so hopefully that leaves you with some ideas that you can uh, think about in terms of advertising. Um, but what this ultimately boils down to is that there's a great opportunity here in B2B to collectively own this paid media function and this advertising world. Um, so B2B marketers, you gotta challenge yourselves. You gotta challenge your organizations to think bigger about paid media, to evolve paid media to fit B2B, 
uh, and to really make this a competitive advantage. So if you're up for this challenge, you gotta lay some groundwork. It's gonna be major change. You're gonna need a step-by-step -step approach to make this change happen. You're gonna have to develop a really strong business case for advertising, and that business case is really simple, right? It's been going really great, and there's some headwinds in our way that we gotta get in front of, but if we, if we tackle those, then we can sustain this great thing that we're doing. Um, you gotta team up and you've gotta address all these obstacles with all of your key stakeholders. You know, you've gotta work cross-functionally. Advertising is a cross-functional sort of a thing, right? Everybody needs it. It's brand, it's demand, um, customer, all of those uh, entities have advertising as a part of it. And then set realistic expectations because if you're gonna do a lot of change, especially in B2B, um, you've gotta set those expectations. Uh, but then set a course for high achievement because advertising works. We all know it works, we're all marketers. Uh, measuring it is hard, but it does do a good job. So, uh, but set those expectations. Educate your uh, stakeholders and your colleagues about advertising uh, before you take the reins. So that's all I got for you today. Let's go have some fun in the other room. And uh, if anybody has questions for me or anything, I'll be hanging around the rest of the night. I appreciate your time. You nailed it, Claude. This was a great replay for our audience to kick off 2023. Advertising is not going away in this digital age, so it's important to know the headwinds facing B2B advertising and the strategies needed to overcome them. Absolutely. That was a great keynote. And big shout out to our friends at Forrester for always coming through with the big trends and actionable takeaways. They'll actually be at B2B MX in Scottsdale kicking off our breakout tracks. It's always a perfect way to kind of set the stage for the rest of the event. So you definitely don't want to miss out. Register for B2B MX and check out our ever-growing agenda now. We really hope to see you there next month. Thank you again for listening today. Don't miss any upcoming episodes by subscribing to the pod on your podcast player of choice. And of course, make sure to connect with us on Twitter and LinkedIn to share your feedback and tell us who else you want to hear from. So with that, that's a wrap for us. We'll catch you next week.